Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. We are in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll continue our series through Ephesians, and we want to look at uh, God's Word in Ephesians today, and we're looking at before and after, and I'm going to test your historical knowledge. Now, I want to show you two pictures, and I don't know, I might be the only person in the room that knows who these two people are. Here's the before picture, and here's the after picture. If anybody looked at comic books back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, there's this ad that ran all the time about this puny little uh, puny little guy who was getting sand kicked on him. So this is the before picture, and this is the after picture after Charles Atlas. If you remember, he did his, his workout, he did his uh, routines with karate and different things, and it was this before and after picture that uh, sold so many uh product and they put it in the comic books and as we think about this whole concept of before and after you know I want to ask you the question what did we look like before Christ before we knew Christ and even sometimes as Christians we look like this what did we look like before we knew Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and Paul gives us a description In uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, You and I, we were dead in trespasses and sins, in which we formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, you too all were formerly, you lived your life in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And to kind of summarize this and put it in language that we probably all can understand, is before Christ, you and I were spiritually dead. That means we were separated from God. We did not have a relationship with God, and we were controlled, not just influenced, but we were actually controlled By our physical desires, we were controlled by the world and even the devil. That we would be influenced by not what is in our best interest, not what is in the best interest of everybody else, but we actually would be influenced by what is the prince of the power of the air, Satan, that we were influenced by demonic uh, forces and we were controlled in our flesh, the things that we wanted to do, we couldn't do, the things that we didn't want to do, we did those things. And the Bible says that we were spiritually dead and separated from Christ. But our story does not end there because we ask the question, what did we look like after Christ? What does the believer, what is God's uh, picture of what he wants the believer to be and to become? Paul writes, God being rich in mercy 
because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, you know, even when we were spiritually dead, separated from God, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards those of us who are in Christ Jesus. So after Christ, we are spiritually alive. We have a spiritual relationship with God through Christ, and we're influenced, controlled by God's love and the Holy Spirit. Now, this influence and this control does not keep us from having a free will. You and I have a free will, and although we have received God's grace and God's love, and we are influenced by the Holy Spirit, we can still choose to live like the man or woman before Christ. Unlike when we did not know Christ, that no matter how hard we try, we can't work our way to heaven. We can't earn our salvation, nor can we become righteous and holy in our own strength. But in Christ, through a relationship with Christ, when we receive God's love and we trust God, we begin to surrender to Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to change us little by little, although it is indeed a process. So how do we go from spiritual death to spiritual life? How does a person become a follower of Christ? How does somebody turn from doing what is wrong and be influenced by evil and begin to follow and obey Christ? The Bible says that we, through grace, have been saved through faith, and that it's not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Also, it says that this is not a result of works, so that no one will boast because of their relationship with God, but they will trust in Christ alone. So how do we become spiritually alive? We must receive God's gift of salvation. And how do we grow spiritually? We receive God's grace and God's mercy and God's gifts so that we can grow and we trust Christ alone and not our works. Many people are trying to to earn God's favor. They're trying to earn their salvation by doing what they feel is the right thing. And although it's difficult, you know, that up and down, but salvation is a gift. It's a gift that we receive God's gift of salvation and we trust the finished work of Christ. What is the result of being spiritually alive in Christ? The Bible says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. What is the result of being spiritually alive? You and I are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we have a new purpose in life. If you want to know whether or not you are growing as a Christian, if you're following Christ and fulfilling God's, God's purpose and plan for your life, is do you see a difference between the old and the new? 
Do you understand what is the motivation of the past and what is the motivation of the future? Do you understand your purpose in Christ that you are called to, to reach people with the gospel? You're called to help other people. You're called to grow spiritually and all of the benefits. If you think of the benefits of being part of a local church, you're part of a spiritual family. You have a new purpose. You have a, the ability to grow spiritually and to learn the Word of God and to obey the Word of God. These are all things that are foreign to someone who doesn't know Christ. You know, a new creation in Christ. In fact, Paul says it like this in Corinthians 2, 5, 17. He says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. Now, as we look at the life of Christ and we reflect on the Lord's Supper and communion, we set aside the third Sunday. We've started doing this a couple months ago to set aside the third Sunday to stop and reflect on the Lord's death. And to do this, we set it in context of the life of Christ that Jesus came for the purpose that he would shed his blood and give his life on the cross for our sins. And he lived a, a perfect life so that he would be qualified to do this. And in his sinless perfection of his life and his miracles and the wisdom in which he spoke, all of that you know, qualified him and proved that he was the perfect son of God. And then before all of the essential events for Jesus to, to, to earn and to secure our salvation, Jesus spoke about it at the Lord's Supper, at the Last Supper, and he celebrated his, his death and his resurrection until he would come again. So in, before these events happened, Jesus sat down with his disciples and spelled out the big plan that, that he came into the world to save sinners and that he lived a life that was perfect, showing the disciples that he was who he said he was. And at some point in that journey, Peter, James, Mary, Mary Magdalene, they placed their faith in Christ and they followed him. And they were actually hoping that Jesus would just set up his kingdom right here on earth. That's what Peter was hoping. That's what all the disciples wanted was a physical kingdom. But God was setting up a spiritual kingdom because there were some events that had to take place until he set up that kingdom. So the next thing that happened after the Lord's Supper is they went into the garden and they were praying. And we know that Peter, you know, Peter and the disciples, they, they fell asleep. And Jesus said, watch and pray. And as Peter and the disciples fell asleep, you know, Jesus was praying. And then they came and they arrested Jesus in the garden. The disciples fled and, and Judas would betray him. Peter would deny him because they didn't have the spiritual strength to, to follow through with their commitment to Christ. So Jesus was arrested in the garden. He was set on trial and falsely accused, found guilty, rejected by the nation of Israel, and he was condemned to die. 
And then he died on the cross. And while the world looked at this as a, a victory for evil, the Pharisees thinking, hey, we've done away with him, this was actually part of God's plan. Because if you go back to the Lord's Supper, Jesus foretold that you will celebrate my death and my resurrection until I return. So Jesus, from the very beginning, he was teaching the disciples the master plan, the big plan, and their only responsibility was to just surrender, trust, trust God, turn from your sin, trust God, and surrender and trust his plan and follow and obey him. So he was crucified, and in his crucifixion, he paid the debt for our sin. It's to establish the new covenant where he, he gave his life for our sins and died on the cross. And then in his resurrection, death was defeated, sin was defeated, and Christ was established as the king, and then he ascended to heaven. So you have his crucifixion, his resurrection, and then his ascension. And when he left, he said, you know, I am going to return. I am going to prepare a place for you. He said, go you into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples. And then the next major event is the return of Christ. So as we live our lives as followers of Christ, we set it in the larger context of what Jesus did and we find our place in this narrative. As a believer, where is, our, where is our place? Our place is to continue the work that Jesus began until he comes and, and establishes his kingdom on earth. So this is the plan that he, he established. This is how he laid it down, his birth, his life. You have the Last Supper that kind of tells about the past, the future, and ties it all together. You have the arrest in the garden, the trial, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and then the return. So as we prepare now for the uh, Lord's Supper, I want you to um, just take a moment to um, reflect upon your, your spiritual journey as we um, go ahead and prepare for the Lord's Supper. Uh, this is a time of reflection on where you're at spiritually and, and what you want to accomplish spiritually in your, in your Christian life. As you, as you take your part in God's plan, you know, most of you here today have made a commitment to follow and obey Christ. You believe Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead and you're waiting for his return. Well, while you wait for his return, there's some activities and things that God wants you to do. And part of that is becoming the person, is becoming that new creation in Christ and becoming the person that God wants you to do. Also, part of that is serving God through the local church and your community to reach and to help other people. None of those things can you, you and I do in our own strength. We need, we need to reflect upon our dependence on Christ. And as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, this is a reflection on our need for Christ, not just for our salvation, but also for 
our sanctification. Jesus gave the narrative when he was talking to the disciples. He said, while they were eating, that he, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke the bread, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said, take and eat, this is my, my body. And then he said, he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, and he said, drink from it, all of you, because this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper uh, shortly together. And we will be celebrating and participating in the remembrance of the death and the, the resurrection of Christ. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.